T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. X at your service on a Wednesday night. I'm George Sells with you. Cardinals playing an afternoon game today, leaving this vacancy for us this evening. And of course, a lot of our time has been spent tonight talking about the mask mandate, various complaints about it, challenges to it, all that sort of thing. And most of the stuff that has had real teeth so far in the last couple of days has been really between in the county executive's office, between him and the county council. But there is another place where there is opposition coming, and that's from Jefferson City and Missouri's Attorney General, Eric Schmidt. He filed a lawsuit trying to stop these mask mandates in both St. Louis County and St. Louis City. But since that suit has been filed, a number of journalists have started digging into the numbers and digging into the facts and are finding some mistakes. Joined right now by Rudy Keller. He is the deputy editor of the Missouri Independent, and his article is entitled Eric Schmidt Lawsuit Targeting St. Louis Mask Mandates Riddled with Data Errors. Rudy, welcome to KMOX. How you doing, George? Um, good to be with you tonight. It's, um, you know, it's, it's been a long time that I've been writing about data um, um, involving COVID, and this just jumped out at me when I got a chance to look at it. Well, tell me this, because you you basically come right out of the gate talking about, you know, quoting the beginning of his suit, and he talks about uh, the the county and the city having the most restrictive and unconstitutional orders in St. Louis, and the case rates and death rates among the highest in Missouri. And right out of the gate, you're telling us he's flat wrong. Yeah, he is, because he takes the data that is um, presented to the communities of St. Louis and St. Louis County by their health departments um, on COVID, and then he compares it to the information that is um, presented to the state by the State Department of Health and Senior Services, and they just are not comparable data for a variety of reasons. Um, Some, you know, they, they don't necessarily report the same things. Plus, the state reports cases under two different um, testing regimens, and the lawsuit just ignored the case counts that were that are associated with the testing regimen called antigen testing that has about one out of six cases that have been um, identified in Missouri in the pandemic. 
Well, tell me this. Obviously, when uh, somebody writes a lawsuit, just like when they write a newspaper article or a paper in school, they try to, you know, grab the reader, you know, grab them early, something interesting. And in this case, is he being sloppy in how he wrote this or is he trying to mislead people directly, do you think? Or does he maybe just not realize he's wrong? Well, assuming that an assistant attorney general was asked to um, look for this data and not the attorney general himself doing it, um, the there's evidence that it was it, the data was checked. I mean, but the notes in the in the filing indicate they were all checked on Monday morning, and so they were taking what they saw and putting it into the lawsuit. Um, but probably didn't understand what it was they were looking at, um, you know, to be, you know, to give them the benefit of the doubt that it's not just intentionally done this way. Um, you know, they, you know, it's, this is difficult data to understand and that may have been a big part of it. Um, but one of the examples that I use is how they compare, um, St. Louis County and St. Charles County. Well, St. Charles County, by the um, you know the the tried and true COVID test with the long swab that they would stick up your nose, called a PCR test. Well, St. Charles County has a relatively low case um, infection rate from that, but they have a um, they also have a lot of tests that are antigen tests, and you've got to add them together to figure out, well, what is the, the, um, the infection rate in St. Charles County? And when you do that with the state data, um, it really doesn't matter which set of data you compare St. Louis County against St. Charles County with. St. Charles County has more cases per capita than St. Louis County. And this was being used basically to talk about the effectiveness or lack of effectiveness of mask ordinances in the lawsuit. Right. In, in your, in your right. article, you quote the lawsuit basically saying that St. Louis City and County had mask ordinances, St. Charles didn't, and everybody came out the same in the wash. And that's the claim of the lawsuit. That is not the fact, however. Well, that, that St. Charles County, the claim is that St. Charles County actually did better. Um in terms of overall infections and controlling the number of cases that St. Louis County did. Do you think he just, do you think his office just thought the the judge and his people, not even, not to mention journalists, but do you think they thought nobody was going to check? Any good lawyer is going to check um, and, and look and see, you know, the the lawyers defending the city and the county would check and see what are they saying about us. Um, and it would have been brought to, to the attention of the, of the court at some point. Um, I just thought it was important to understand what was being said to the court on this particular issue. Um, because I, in part, because I, I understand the data and I've been collecting and recording the, the data that the state has presented, um, to the, to the, um, to, to us since April of last year, I've got every number for every county that they reported in that period. Well, what I also know is that local 
health departments report um, different numbers for different reasons. Um, they get case number. They get reports of tests first, so they go up on their website and then they enter them into the system that the state uses to generate its daily report. And some of the cases that St. Louis County includes on its number locally are not the same. Are not even included in the state count. For example, and I don't know what portion it is. St. Louis County includes a case where someone has COVID symptoms who lives in the same household with someone who has a case of COVID identified by testing as a probable case. Pretty logical, but they don't, you know, at that point they're saying, well, we're, we're going to assume you've got it and don't bother to come in and get tested. Take these steps to um, prevent spreading of infection, quarantine, um, you know, Watch out for signs of severe illness, those kinds of things. So that's where the data can um, but, swing in another direction, basically. Yeah. So that would that would over that would be more than the than the people identified by tests, whereas the state doesn't include those kind of cases, and for a long time didn't even report the antigen tests. Um, I just did a review last night of every local health department report. And I found that locally throughout the state, there are about 10,000 more cases being reported than the state data shows. And for deaths, which the state data shows in about, at about 9,600, there's actually almost 1,100 more deaths that the county health departments have reported than the state data is showing. So. If you're doing a deaths comparison and you're comparing local data against the state data, well, one out of 10 deaths in the state does not show up in the state data. Interesting. Well, once again, as has been the case really through the entire COVID-19 pandemic, we are taught that you've got to look and then look again when you somebody presents numbers because... The interpretation may not always be correct. And with that, Rudy Keller, we're out of time. I thank you for joining us tonight on KMOX. And coming up next, it's 1016 right now. Coming up next, remember when Mizzou was in the Big 12 and they were kind of little brother and constantly getting pushed around by Texas and Oklahoma? Well, wow, this is getting entertaining now because something else has happened in this whole Big 12 implosion. We'll have that for you coming up next. I'm George Sells, KMOX at your service. It's 1016. All the news and all that matters to you. The voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Ten twenty-one in the evening. I'm George Sells, KMOX at your service on a Wednesday night. We're going to go to the at least the periphery of the sports world for a moment. Usually have sports on about this time of night anyway, so we'll just get into a little bit of it. Mizzou fans out there, you in particular need to listen up. <laughs> this is hysterical. Okay, let's go back 10-ish years when Mizzou decided they were going to leave the Big 12 and join the SEC. And a big part of both them and Texas A&M's complaint about the Big 12 that was sort of laid out there for all to see and their reasoning for leaving 
was the fact that Texas and Oklahoma were like the bullies on the block. And I'm not talking about what happened on the field. I'm talking about what happened when it came to dividing up revenue. Uh, what happened when it came to just all those important things, the you know, financial things that come with running a big-time college football program? Texas and Oklahoma always got the biggest share, and everybody else had to fight over the scraps. Somehow they had talked everybody into that con- con- excuse me into that contract when they joined up into the Big Twelve. Well, now fast forward. Here we are in 2021. And you've heard, of course, a couple of days ago, it was announced that Oklahoma and Texas are leaving the Big 12. And now they want to come and play in the SEC where Mizzou's been for a decade. Well, it gets better because tonight the Big 12 commissioner, where's his name? Doesn't matter. Oh, here he is. Bob Bowlesby. There's a name for a commissioner. Bob Bowlesby. Well, seems old Bob thinks that everybody's out to get him. Bob thinks that ESPN and one of the other leagues, read SEC, even though he didn't say it because he probably doesn't want to get sued for slander, have been conspiring with Texas and Oklahoma to make this all happen and to make the Big 12 collapse. And Bob has gone so far as to have the Big 12 lawyers fire off a cease and desist letter to ESPN accusing them of having actively engaged in discussions with at least one other conference regarding that conference, inducing additional members of the Big 12 to leave the Big 12. The network, it says, quote, is intentionally interfering with our business operations by encouraging other conferences to poach the members of the Big 12 and providing incentives for them to do so. That's the quote. Old Bob Bowlesby talking to USA Today Sports. Everybody's out to get the Big 12 all of a sudden. The music's playing. Remember musical chairs when you were a kid? Music's playing right now. And it's about to stop. Bob thinks he's going to be stuck without a chair. (laughs) And it looks like that may well be the case. It's really interesting to watch all this because everybody, the Big 12 kind of had that sort of looking down their their nose look at Mizzou and Texas A&M when they left the conference. And, oh, Kansas isn't going to play Mizzou anymore because Mizzou betrayed our brotherhood. And, you know, Texas and Texas A&M, one of the what used to be one of the great rivalries in college sports, they don't play each other because, Texas A&M was dishonorable, and they left. Well, we'll show them. We're not going to play them. We're going to take our cowboy hats and go away. Well, (laughs) now they're begging to get into the league that Mizzou and Texas A&M are playing in. And it's really hysterical, and I think it's really, uh, in some ways, a very public admission that this is not not 1973 anymore, and Texas and Oklahoma— are not all that special. They're not much better than anybody else. You know, there are a couple of teams, you know, they might make it to the college football playoff. I mean, we, we all remember, you know, what was it, 2019, year before last, when Oklahoma went to the college football playoff and played LSU. Wait, what's that? Oh, I think LSU just scored another touchdown on Oklahoma's defense. Yep, it just happened again. It's amazing. still happens all the time. 
those poor guys are seeing Joe Burrow in their sleep. <laughs> but they're going to get the SEC. And the, the funniest thing to me about all this is they somehow think this is going to be a big improvement for them. And my guess is they're going to be a couple of, you know, eight and four, seven and five teams every year. They're going to get beat up. And, you know, congratulations to Mizzou because hindsight being 2020, boy, did they make the right call 10 years ago when they got out of that dumpster fire that is the Big 12 Conference. By the way, you can also get ready to see uh, Kansas playing like San Jose State or something in football for a conference game. It's 1027 here on KMOX. Coming up next, did you ever want to run away and join the circus? I've got a lady who can help you do just that. I'm George Sells. We'll be back in a moment. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Cards return home Friday night to take on the Twins. And you can hear the game here. Ammon Pregame Show 620. First pitch 715. On your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals. KMOX and KMOX.com. Ten thirty-two KMOX at your service. I'm George Sells. Rolling down toward the finish line with you here until 11 o'clock. And I got a question for you. After all we've been through in the last year, year and a half, have you considered just giving it all up and joining the circus? Just run away and join the circus. Be done with it. Well, if you're thinking about this, even ever so slightly, I have got the woman who can help you, can help us on the line. Jessica Hentoff from Circus Harmony. Welcome to KMOX. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you so much for having me. Well, tell me about these classes. This is what we're getting into here, folks. We got There are circus performance classes available at City Museum at Circus Harmony's location there. Jessica, tell me about this. For starters, when did you identify the demand for circus education out there? Well, actually, I've been teaching circus in St. Louis since the 1980s, but it just seems now is really the time when people are walking this pandemic tightrope and juggling all this information, and they just really need all the things that circus can give them. Strength, flexibility, the ability to think when your whole world is turning upside down. And we have a class in physical comedy, and now is a time when we really need to laugh. So... Come run away and join the circus. And it's just down at City Museum, so you don't have to worry about traveling too far. Yeah, you don't have to run away too far. Just get parking. It's not a big deal. That exactly. Is, so tell me, it's kids and adults. That what, 
I I actually had my son in a course like this at one point years ago when he was when he was younger. And you think about the kids. This is going all the way up to adults. What is the difference between teaching something like juggling or contortion or aerial arts to a ten-year-old kid as opposed to a grown-up? It really depends on the person because we have classes starting at three year, for people starting at three. Our oldest student was 93 and did trapeze. So wow. it's just, yeah, it's <laughs> just about being willing. Now we say that we can teach you anything. You want to learn it, we'll teach it to you. I would say contortion, maybe not for everybody. That yeah, you need to have some flexibility, although we have a world-famous contortion teacher on our staff. But the cool thing about circus is there is something for everybody. So maybe you don't want to tumble or you don't want to do trapeze, but you could learn juggling or unicycling. Or we have a class in wire walking. In fact, one of our alumni now walks wire with the flying Willendas. So you never know where this can lead. Another one of our alumni, one of our best tumbling students, is now with the WWE, Reginald Thomas. So you start in the circus, and who knows where you might end up. Now, obviously, a lot of people are just going to do this because it's fun, and that's a, that's yeah. a great thing. But how how many or how often do you have a student that really, and you've just named off a couple, how often mm-hmm. is, do you, an occurrence is it to have a student that really does go off and join the circus with you? Well, the important thing to know is really we're a social circus first. We use social circus. We use circus arts to motivate social change. But there was such a demand that we started recreational classes. And our students got so good that we became a pre-professional training program. So a handful have gone on to professional circus careers. We have one person in Australia working with Circuit Contemporary Circus. We had the youngest female human cannonball ever on Ringling Brothers came from our school and, in fact, is now back as a lead coach, Eliana Grace. And we have two students touring the West Coast right now, two alumni with Flynn Creek Circus. So it happens, but you're right. It can just be for fun, or who knows where you could end up. You sound like a proud mama bear when you start, to, when you start telling all these success <laughs> stories. How, how rewarding is this for you? You've been doing it for years. You've got to love it. it. I get to be like Peter Pan. I sprinkle the magic circus dust on people, and if they think the right thoughts, they can fly. It's great. And then... People do joke about how I have my biologicals and my other kids. And if you ask my biologicals who my favorite child is, they often say it's one of the circus kids. Oh, so the little, little jealousy going around the, on around the house? And maybe. <laughs> so but really, you're right. It's fun. We also have conditioning, but it's much more fun to do conditioning classes when you're learning a skill, when you're when you're doing something on a trapeze and just just doing crunches. And classes like juggling and unicycling, we have whole families that come together. We have a mother, father, and three sons who are in our unicycling club. It's got to be, I would assume you've got to be pretty careful about picking the right thing, particularly if you get to a certain age, like say, oh, around 50. And I'm speaking for myself now, my 12-year-old daughter who is in about 10 hours of dance classes a day, it seems like, tells me I am the least flexible human being on earth. So the contortionist is not for me. Because you have nowhere to go but up. This is true. I've been told that by a number of people. We now have acro dance class. 
Acro dance class. What is acro dance class? Describe this for me. It combines acrobatics with classical dance, regular dance based on modern and, and jazz and ballet techniques, but you had acrobatics. Wow, that sounds, that sounds wild. It's really fun, and really, circus is fun. And there's, there's a class for anybody. People should go to circusharmony.org and register now. The classes start on August 23rd, but registration closes the 16th. I should also say the classes are kept really small, and everyone wears masks, but you should register soon before there's no space. I was going to say, how, so how long do the court, they start August 23rd, and how, how long does the session go? They go for 15 weeks. 15 weeks. So this is, this is some pretty in-depth training here. You'd be amazed what you can learn, and really any age. We have, we have, I have the class for you. Okay. Adult Basic Circus Arts is Friday. Oh, uh, okay. And so in that class, you learn a little bit of everything. So you don't, you know, if one thing isn't your thing, you get to try another thing. Perfect. That does sound pretty appealing. Now tell me this real quick before we go. Uh, circus Harmony, not your average circus in so many ways. You, you touched on the social aspect. Uh, share a little bit for the folks who don't know about Circus Harmony and its origins. So we started Circus Harmony officially in 2001. I've been teaching circus in St. Louis since the late 1980s. But in in America, you need to be a nonprofit to raise money. And so I started this nonprofit, Circus Harmony, so that more people would have this opportunity. And our very first program as a social circus was bringing together Jewish and Muslim kids from two different temples. And then that expanded because one of the Jewish kids came and said, can my friend Lindsay join? She's Christian. And it's like, yes, the circus really is for everybody. And we've been going strong ever since. We have our performance troupe, the St. Louis Arches. So if you need some fabulous family-friendly entertainment, we can bring you a single stilt walker or a whole show. We just did an hour-long show at the Stiefel for the Cardinals. And the point of Circus Harmony and being a social circus is that young people learn that if they focus on what connects them instead of what divides them, they can create something amazing. So let's stop calling political and other government people and, and actions a circus because we wish they were a circus where they would work together and support each other and create something that everyone can enjoy. And that's not usually what has been happening in politics. Jessica, can we send you, like, I don't know, off to Congress or maybe to the uh, county council chambers or something? Because I think there are a lot of folks that could use your counsel right now. <laughs> yeah, because if I'll teach them. I would love to teach them some things. Um, and if they did a pyramid, they would find out. When you're working with someone else, if you yell at the other person because the pyramid's not working, that's not what's going to fix the pyramid. You figure out what's wrong. You work together to, to fix it. So we also teach life skills while we're teaching circus skills, and it seems like some people need some more life skills. <laughs> but for the rest of you, come to Circus Harmony down at City Museum. It's fun. You'll get stronger. You'll get more flexible. And who knows? You could be entertaining at your next family gathering. There we go. So, again, you've got until August 16th, is it, to, to sign up? August 16th to register. And... If for whatever reason you don't want to come to us, we can come and teach for you or your organization or in your backyard. We're also still doing Zoom classes. If people would like to take Zoom classes, 
we've been teaching literally all over the world since the start of the pandemic. All right, and it's circusharmony.org, correct? Correct, and people should follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and we have some fabulous videos on YouTube, including the one of the nonagenarian aerialist. That by itself is going to be worth the price of admission. Jessica Huntoff, thank you so much. Circus Harmony, allowing us all to have this opportunity to run off and join the circus. Have a great evening. Yeah, now's the time to do it. Thanks very much for having me. Absolutely. KMOX News Time 1042. We're at your service on a Wednesday night. Back to wrap it up. Take it down the stretch in just a moment. Work or play? KMOX is right there with you. We go where you go. Ten forty-six in downtown St. Louis. I'm George Sells, KMOX at your service. Coming down the stretch, another fourteen minutes or so. Ten minutes, I guess. Really, throw out the commercials. Now, we have something in the business we call a tease, and it's when you tell somebody just enough about a story that they're dying to hear it, and then you make them wait for it. It's a tease, fairly self-explanatory. Well. Jeremy Rutherford from the Atlantic. He's the blues writer. He used to, excuse me, the Athletic. Thank goodness Mike Anderson is here to correct me when I'm about to fall asleep. <laughs> it's the Athletic, not the Atlantic. Jeremy Jeremy Rutherford. You may remember him from uh, St. Louis Post Dispatch. Well, he is with the Athletic now. Has been for some time. Excellent coverage of the St. Louis Blues all year round. And he just tweeted a few minutes ago. Going to sleep? Don't. I've got a Tarasenko story coming that you may want to stay up for. Now that, my friends, is a tease. That's a good tease, and uh, I may well be staying up to find out uh, what's going to be going on with that. Lots of movement in the NHL tonight, so if you're a, a fan of hockey, our, our Blues may look somewhat different tomorrow, it sounds like. It's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. The other thing, as we wrap things up this evening kind of goes toward all that we were talking about in the first hour of the show and a little bit in the first uh, segment of this hour, uh, the mask ordinance, or lack thereof, to recap, St. Louis County, along with the city, put out a mask mandate, have to wear a mask inside. Then the county council last night decided that they had the authority to overrule the county executive. And this will be, they might, I don't know. I mean, when I say they decided, it's basically they did decide from the standpoint that they went ahead and voted to overrule it. It is unclear at this point if they have that right or not. And we'll find out because it will go in front of a judge and a judge will tell somebody you're right. And they'll tell somebody else you're wrong. And that's all fine and good. But, and, and, there's so many tentacles to this also. You've got in the city some people accusing Mayor Tashara Jones, Ward President Lewis Reed among them, of angling with this mask ordinance or this mask mandate, excuse me, so she can free up a bunch of federal money that she can't get the Board of Aldermen to spend right now. So they think that she's just trying to circumvent the board and she didn't really care about the mask mandate. And then in the county, they are on a rampage about Sam Page overstepping his bounds. And you ask some folks and they'll tell you that this action by the county council is at least partially a slap on the wrist to Dr. Page for 
not consulting his council members before he just willy-nilly throws a an order out there like that. So you've got all this political stuff happening. You've got all these tentacles. Then the Centers for Disease Control comes out and they tell us, yeah, exactly what they said in St. Louis. They didn't actually reference St. Louis, but they basically said the same thing, that it would be best for people to wear masks indoors. And the reason being that there are too many knuckleheads out in the world who refuse to get a vaccine. And now the rest of us who did what we were supposed to do have to pay for it by continuing to wear masks when we stayed at our distances and we got our shots and everything else. So that's what we're dealing with. So to the people who decided for whatever reason that it's best not to get vaccinated, thank you very much. My kids will really appreciate going to school uh, this fall with masks on again. It's your fault. And I'm done on that topic. But where am I going with all this? Other than the basic recap is to take a moment to drink in the national view. Basically, you know, they talk about self-image, self-perception, sense of self. Sense of self is probably the best one. Do you have a good sense of self? That is always a very positive thing, a very enlightened and grounded thing to have is a a strong sense of self. Well, folks, at some point here in Missouri, we need to work on that whole sense of self concept because while our local politicians are slinging mud at one another and completely missing the point of what's going on, uh, this travel website called avclub.com has a front page article with a picture of a big boat and a bunch of people having a good old time. And the headline reads, there are a lot of contenders, but the Lake of the Ozarks might be the worst place in all America right now. Subheadline, thousands of unvaccinated drunken vacationers, journey cover bands, a bar called Shorty Pants, and roving reporters. What's not to loathe? So if you're a little embarrassed by that, then you're displaying a little bit of that sense of self because that's embarrassing folks. It really is, you know, and we can all take on the whole, I don't care what other people think. I shouldn't worry about what other people think once in a while, you know, step back. Don't care what other people think is what you tell your middle schooler when she comes home unhappy because somebody made fun of her outfit or something. But when everybody in the nation is pretty much looking at you like you're a moron, then it's time to start worrying about what other people think. And here we are. You know, I I flip on, I watch the CBS morning news every morning. Good national news program, covers a lot of stuff, doesn't give me a lot of fluff that I don't care about. You know, it kind of sticks to the, the more important stories. And they have a reporter named David Begno, who's their national correspondent. And he's the guy who's been doing all the COVID stuff going back pretty much to the very beginning. Well, David Begno has got the highways and byways of Missouri memorized at this point. He was live in Branson one day. He was in front of a hospital in Springfield one day. He was over here in St. Louis one day. 
Now, he's going other places as well. He's been down in Louisiana where they're having their share of problems. And he's been in Mississippi, I believe, one day. Point being is this. Every morning, they pop up a map of the places that are just an absolute mess. And there's usually four to five states. And Missouri is one of them. Every single day. It's like the, that map is like burned into my TV screen. Remember those old TVs where if you left them on, on the test pattern in the middle of the night, it would like burn into the, it would burn into the screen. I'm dating myself, I realize. But that, that's, what, that's what this looks like with this map of screwed up, under-vaccinated, you know, high, high infection rate, high hospitalization rate, high ICU rate, high death rate states. It's Florida. Of course, you know, there's a reason there's a Florida man website or uh, feed on Twitter. And then you got Texas and you got like Mississippi, I think, Arkansas and Missouri. Every single time. I don't know about you folks, but that's not company I want to keep in this context. We're better than this. You know, we're, we're smarter than this. We, there, there are just a hundred thousand reasons why we should not be a part of this conversation and we can get out of being a part of this conversation. If we'll do a couple of things, first thing is go and get a vaccine and you're going to be forced to do it sooner or later, not by the government. It's going to be by your boss because more and more businesses are going to make it a mandate to work for them. They have the legal right to do that. It's going to happen. Fasten your seatbelts come fall. It's happening. And it's already happening with some places. It'll happen here. It'll happen where you work. Just wait. Thank you so much for spending the evening with me. Sorry to end it on such a downer, but go get vaccinated. 1055, I'm George Sells. Good night. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.